Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Today, we end our studies in the life of Abraham, and the Lord wants to fill our hearts with the hope and certainty that He will keep His promises to His followers. That certainty will take us all the way into the next life and provide hope and certainty for those we leave behind whose trust is in the Lord Jesus. This is a big reason we should do our best to pass faith onto the next generation so the Lord can pass His blessings along to them. That's because God's promises are eternal, which is cause for great hope in a world in such chaos. Here's Pastor Jim to conclude his message and the series, Hope Never Dies. John 10, 27 through 29 talks about one of those big things. He says, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Are you one of his sheep? Do you hear his voice? You can simply become one of his sheep by putting your trust in him. It's really not, there's not that much to it. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. That's heaven and they shall never perish Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. But you, man, I love that. that. That if I belong to Jesus, if you belong to Jesus, and you mess up, that nobody can snatch you out of his hand. Verse 29, he says, My father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. That is the ultimate hope for a Christian. That is, that is the ultimate assurance. That's a big thing. That's a big deal. But we don't always see it, do we? We don't always keep that out in front of us, do we? That's why we need spiritual eyes to see. Well, that takes us to number two. Hope for those who die in faith. Hope for those who die in faith. Let's go back to verse eight. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man full of years, some versions say contented, and notice this, was gathered to his people. Here we want to focus on the words gathered to his people. That's an interesting phrase in the Bible. When you look at it where it's in the Bible, it's it's post-death for sure. Yet it's also said of people who were not necessarily buried with their family. So it's not like he died and they put him in the burial plot with his people. For Abraham, he is buried with his wife, but it's not not true of all people. Also, it's said of people before they are buried. So what does it mean and where are his people? At the very least we have to say that it indicates that people continue to exist in the realm of the dead. And guess who's there? Guess who's there? In Psalm 139, verse 8, King David says to God, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, most versions say Sheol, which means the realm of the dead, behold, you are there. So when you and I die, 
no matter your status with God, you will meet him. The scripture says it is appointed unto man or a woman to die once and then the judgment. You will meet God. Now, some people say, is God in hell? Oh, that's a long question, so we're not going to get into that today. But I, at the very least, I will tell you this. His presence is there, or his, his presence is felt there, or a lack thereof. <laughs> we, noticed, we noted in Genesis 22 that the reason that Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son as God had directed him, but he ended up not doing it because God put in a substitute, that Abraham believed God would raise Isaac from the dead. So Abraham was what? He was not afraid to die. That's why it says that he could die an old man full of years or contented. Certainly, if he dies in peace without having realized all the promises of God. Now, if you don't get what you want, we're like, all right. But if he died in peace without getting all the promises of God, what does that tell us? It tells us that he knows the best is yet to come. He knows that this life is not it. Now, this would be a challenge for other great people in the Bible. This would be a challenge for Moses, who took his people for 40 years in the wilderness and never got to enter the promised land. It would be a challenge to all the true people of God as well in the years that would follow who couldn't get all of the promised land. They tried to fight and they'd fight and they'd get knocked back and they couldn't get it all. Or it would be a real challenge to the people who lost the promised land. In the north to the Assyrians, to the south to the Babylonians. It's certainly a challenge to all of us. And we have much greater promises than the Old Testament saints ever had. A saint is simply someone who follows Jesus. It's nothing particular. So you're all saint. You may want to refer to each other that after the, after the service today. You see, we have Jesus. We have the cross. We have the resurrection. They had faith in the coming Messiah. They were looking ahead. We have faith in the Messiah who has already come. We're looking in the rearview mirror. All who turn to God and put their trust in Jesus have the promise of the resurrection from the dead. That in death, there will be no experience of loneliness. And we will be together in heaven with the people of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to meet Abraham. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? Like, dude, we studied your life. What's with all the lies? Grace, baby, grace. <laughs> Same as you. How can we know? How can we know we're going to heaven? You say, Pastor Jim, you tell us every week which we believe you. The Bible tells us at every turn we believe the Bible. No, oh. Remember two weeks ago, we, 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 Abraham purchased that little field in the promised land. He was rich, but he owned no land in the promised land. After all this time, when his wife died, he wanted to buy that field. We wanted to buy a cave, but the field he had to buy along with it to bury his wife Sarah in. And we studied that that was God's down payment on the promised land. That was the beginning of getting the promised land, which... That's really all they ha Abraham has at this point. He's got a lot of flocks and herds and money and servants but, and people who work for him, but he only owns that field and that cave. 
But that little field and that little cave, that was his down payment. So when we come to the New Testament, do we get a down payment? We actually do. Again, we fast forward 2,000 years, more, more than that, actually. After the cross and resurrection, Jesus has ascended into heaven. Jesus said, when I leave, I will send the comforter. I will send the Holy Spirit. It's good for you, Jesus said, that I leave. They're like, the apostles are like, what do you mean it's good for you if you leave? He goes, no, 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 it's good. And, and I've said to you many times before, is it better that Jesus is here on earth or is it better that the Holy Spirit is here? It's actually better that the Holy Spirit here or God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? Because he can be live within all of us. If, Jesus, if it was just Jesus here, he lived in the Middle East. And so in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people. But in the New Testament times, now that Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to all those who believe, he lives within us. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him, Jesus, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel or the good news of your salvation, how you get to heaven, sins forgiven, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee, some versions say, probably more versions say, the down payment of our inheritance. So like that little field and that cave was the down payment of the inheritance of the promised land. The Holy Spirit is our down payment until the redemption of the purchased possession. Redemption is to redeem something is to buy. Jesus bought his followers at the cross. So those who are purchased, the purchased possession are followers of Jesus to the praise of his glory. So this is very simple. If you're not a follower of Jesus, please listen very carefully how do you get to heaven? You hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That God told us how to live. And what did we say to God? I know what I'm doing. Don't lie. We lie. You know, don't steal. We steal. You say, I haven't stole a thing. Oh, really? Ask the people at this church how many Calvary Chapel pens they have at their house. <laughs> right? We take things. We take things. The couples are looking at each other. Yeah, honey, we got to return those at some point in time. No chewed up ones, please. <laughs> okay. but, um, but yeah, so God tells us how to live. And the standard of heaven is perfection. None of us can make it. So in his great love, God sends Jesus. God becomes a man in the person of Jesus Christ. In his great love, Jesus comes, lives a perfect life in your place and in my place. And then instead of us having to take the punishment for our sins, for a lack of perfection, he takes our punishment on the cross. And to prove that it was all satisfactory to God, God raises him from the dead. He ascends into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. And the first time he came as a savior, the next time he will come as a judge. And all you have to do to get to heaven, all you have to do is to turn to God and say, God, I have lived with my life, with my back to you. I'm a sinner. I admit it. I know it. I have not done what you told me to do. And I want to turn from those sins. I need your help, but I want to turn. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to look at that cross and I'm going to say that should have been me. And I'm going to put my trust in Jesus instead of myself. That is it. That is it. You respond to what Jesus has done. You believe, you trust in him. And then what happens? 
you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's this simple. Like Abraham, you heard the call of God to leave your old life behind. Remember, that's what God called Abraham to at the very beginning. And you believed God with a trusting heart. The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 4 that then when you believe God with a trusting heart, you are then adopted by God the Father, and then that's when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit into your heart. And then the Apostle Paul tells us that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Past tense. It's already happened. What what does it mean to be sealed by the Holy Spirit? You know, those in the cattle business, how do they identify their cattle? They put a hot brand on them. God has branded you with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he is your, the Holy Spirit in your heart is your guarantee. And this is what it guarantees you on. Don't ever forget this. The Holy Spirit living in you is the guarantee, among many other things, but is the guarantee that God cannot back out of the deal. He cannot because you are sealed. That's biblical hope. That's biblical certainty. If you're anything like me, every once in a while I'm driving down the road or I'm walking or something like that, I'm thinking about something I'm saying to God, I'm like, you can't do that. You, you guaranteed that. I'm blood-bought. <laughs> don't forget sometimes when I'm desperate. I'm like, don't forget I'm blood-bought. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a follower of Jesus' down payment. That full payment of our inheritance is coming. We have it already, but not yet. If you're listed in somebody's will, let's say you're going to inherit a million dollars. Technically, you have a million dollars, already, but you don't yet have it. This is why followers of Jesus can confidently both live and die in faith with a confident hope because we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That brings us to number three. Hope for those who are left behind. Hope for those who are left behind. Verse 11, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahoi Roy. Now, this is the genealogy of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's maidservant, bore to Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their generations. Let's just stop right there. As what follows is the descendants of Abraham's son, Ishmael. So Abraham is gone. How's it going to go for Isaac? Daddy's not around anymore. Well, it says right here, God blessed his son Isaac. Abraham had to trust that the Lord was with him. And friends, you and I have to trust that the Lord is with us. Now, the reality is that If you know anything about Isaac, Isaac is no Abraham. But but it's it's all the Lord's work anyway. 
Sometimes we'll say stuff like, well, how can we go on without? Now, this is not something you say to someone when they're in the throes of grief, but sometimes we'll think, how can we go on without so-and-so, or or, I hope we can make it without so-and-so. The answer is simply this, we can. We can. See, These are important things all of us need to know, particularly, and this is such an incredible time that God has us in right now. This is is incredible. I really think that people, if the Lord doesn't return, 50 years from now, we're going to talk about this this time we are in right now. They're going to talk about this time was a real time for either the church really stepped up to the plate or did not. Either we decided to become like Europe or we saw revival in our land. See, no matter where you are on the spectrum of your Christian walk, please, loved ones, understand this. God's plan includes you. But God's plan is not dependent on you. Let me say that again. God's plan includes you, includes me, but is not dependent on you, is not dependent upon me. And I don't know about you, but that fills me with such confident hope. That makes me feel like, you know what? All I got to do is step up to the plate and swing the bat. That's it. That's it. I'm not going to put this pressure on myself. I'm not going to put it on you. There's no need to put it on you. We get to do this. We get to serve God. In fact, the, the term in verse 13 says, according to their generations. That's a very common phrase in the Bible. It's one we easily overlook, isn't it? Usually whatever comes next, we don't read. We're like, oh, but a bunch of names. It's a very important term. It's a very important term. You know why that term is important? Because that term reminds us that God keeps his promises. That, that God's promises did not die with Abraham. You see, the Lord transfers his blessings from one generation to the next. Again, it did, they didn't die with Abraham. They didn't die with the prophets. They didn't, God's promises didn't die with the apostles. Because God makes eternal promises and he states facts. God blessed Isaac. If you're a follower of Jesus, God has blessed you. No matter what's going on, you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. People come to me sometimes, and they go, know something's going on. They're like, oh, I feel bad for you. It's, it's all right, man, I'm going to heaven. Probably not today, but I'm going. If you're not a follower of Jesus, do you want that blessing? It's yours for the taking. And so we end the life of Abraham. He, he ventured into the unknown, a life of ups and downs, joy and suffering, Now he's heard these words, Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Isn't that what we want to hear? Well done, 
good job? Stop being so American and thinking about the results. Attitude and effort. Attitude and effort. So for now, for followers of Jesus, God calls us all to walk by faith. You know what we're waiting for? If you're not a follower of Jesus, let me tell you what we're waiting for. We're waiting for our Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4 experience. John writes, the apostle John writes, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And what's gonna happen? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. So here's what we learned today. When we die, we will be gathered to our people. But, but not our earthly family, rather our eternal family. And it's only one of two families. And the question is, eternally speaking, Who is your family? Who is your family? Will you be gathered to the people of Revelation 21 in heaven? The people who like, he's walking among us. Nobody's crying. He's wiping away our tears. Nobody's dying. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. Are those your people? You want to be one of those people or... Are your people the people of Sheol? The people of the realm of the dead who who hated God or who were indifferent to him? Because we either love him or we don't. There's no no in-between state. If If you want to be gathered to the people in heaven, you must be gathered to your people here before you die. Because once you die, it's too late. You must hear the good news. We said it earlier that Jesus died on the cross in your place. You must turn to God, put your trust in Jesus. He will seal you with the Holy Spirit, adopt you as his child, and give you the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. For a follower of Jesus, concerning eternity... There's no, well, I hope so. (laughs) Sometimes you ask people, are you a Christian? They go, I'm trying. I'm like, that's not a good answer. (laughs) You either are or you're not. You see, for a follower of Jesus, hope truly never dies. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'll go a little slower. It says, now, faith is the substance. Some versions say assurance. Another version, confidence. Another reality of the things hoped for, the evidence, or another one version says the conviction, the assurance, the proof of things not seen. You see, 
hope in Jesus Christ, hope like the resurrected Christ himself, is not a feeling. It is a reality. Because of the perfect life of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection from the dead, that is a reality that is always alive in our hearts. It's something that is a fact that we must trust in. And while we are here on earth, in good times and bad, in sorrow and in joy, it is a life to be lived in faith and confidence in our Lord as together, as a family. We all together, like Abraham and his family, venture into the unknown because we know that in the unknown, there Jesus will be. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.